0: everybody and welcome to the melanin marvels we are your host my name is adrian
1: i'm anika and i'm Divy.
0: and today we're going to be doing a breakdown of falcon and the winter soldier episode four now pause if you haven't seen that episode we are going to be talking about spoilers so i'll give you a moment i'll give you a moment let's dive into it so with all the themes that we caught throughout this episode uh, we wanted to explore some of the highlights and messages that we caught throughout watching this intense and dark episode
2: So uh, we thought we would start with maybe some of the darker uh, parts of the episode and move into something maybe that we can consider a little more hopeful. This being said, we thought we would take a look at the end scene, uh, that horrifically brutal attack by John Walker um, on one of the Flag Smashers. Um, I, I don't know about for the both of you but for me like that was it was a hard scene to watch like I I even while watching it like I just I don't know that I, I it was it was it was difficult to even like actually like physically look at the screen um, and I, I, I was kind of surprised that Marvel included something so brutal like I know you know obviously we've seen like Uh, there's been narratives about genocide and, like, you know, it's an action movie, so there's violence and fight scenes and things like that. But I really don't think, um, like, I would say maybe another, like, super violent scene was when the winter soldier kills Tony's parents and he, like, kind of, like, chokes Tony's mom. But even that, we don't see that on screen. But this attack by John Walker, like, even the the camera angles and, and, and the shield, like, we, we, I... I, they they kind of, they don't really show it, but they do show the way it's being impaled into that person. And that, it, it, it was hard. It was really hard to
0: watch. Yeah, I definitely agree with it being like a very brutal scene. And I think it was an important one to show and highlighted that uh, with the I felt like it was very parallel to like some of the violence and like violent acts we see when it comes to what's caused by the police, especially what we've seen in recent days. And looking into how those videos are like recorded, how people are like face to face with these violent acts too, for Marvel to intentionally sort of have that showcase and have the viewers sort of seeing these different camera angles and also having the the people in the background recording as well is very in times so of what's happening right now, what we're all observing that when it comes also comes to the symbolism of it as well and i'm really interested in the follow-up in the next episode too when it comes to how is the world going to react in seeing captain america do something so brutal will it be the case where it's going to be excused is it going to be divisive and i think no matter with depending on where they go i think they have opportunity to have a really good narrative as to the consequences of like brutal violence that's done when it comes to power. And also who gets permission to have these sort of um, violent acts without consequences. And I think it's also a really interesting parallel with what we saw with Sam earlier on where the police stopped him for just yelling Mm -hmm. and those consequences too. And if John Walker comes out without anything happening, yo, (laughs) I think there's something big there. So I'm really interested in how the first, the next episode is gonna play out. I think another opportunity or piece there too is in the way that John enacts this violence on the Flag Smasher. I think it gives us a sneak preview of the person behind John Walker as well. And him talking about some of the brutal acts they did in Afghanistan. We're seeing like like a symbol or a piece there as to what was enacted that we didn't have opportunity to see as viewers enacted in the last pieces of these episodes too. And some of the things that brutal violence that victims of war uh, may face as well as folks who face police brutality as well. Um.
2: I, I, I really like that you said that because I think it's true. I mean, they allude to what they did, you know, when they like during the war. But we obviously don't get to see that. And I think I don't know if this is any indication. I think it just makes him all the more like of a scarier person, because what I don't know someone that can do that like someone that's capable of doing that and being okay with that I don't I don't I don't know it is it is terrifying it is it honestly is
1: especially from the beginning like we know Cap like Steve to just have his shield and he fights clean but John fights dirty like he he has the shield yes but he always has his gun out too like like Steve doesn't believe in like Fighting dirty and John's throwing of the shield it's so boring (laughs) like when when Steve did it it was like ricocheting off of different things like killing two birds with one stone type of thing but with John it's just like he throws it it comes back he throws it it comes back it's like you're playing with a, a boomerang no swag at all None at I, all. Yeah, A basic I, I, bitch.
0: We have <laughs> one I, one example though where I think he finesses, and that was the first time you see him throw that shield when they're on top of the on top of the truck. I think it's the, maybe the sec, third episode. Okay, okay, second episode, and then Lamar falls off the truck and he throws it to catch him. That was sick. <laughs> I'm gonna give him his flowers. That, for that was fast. Ah, uh, yo. <laughs> call him chance the rapper because he nailed oh it my he nailed it Still,
1: overall still a basic bitch we'll, <laughs> say, that. we'll say that get him a frappuccino
0: Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> and one last point i wanted to sort of bring up is that with the, the brutality that was shown in this episode, it's also important for us to highlight the how uh, like racialized bodies have been brutalized as well in today's society, and how accessible those sort of images and depictions have been. And I think it's once again, it's like it's important, but also be able to for us understand some of the trauma associated with that as well for folks who may be who may be watching. So
2: I, I think it re-traumatizes people, and it it it, it leaves a terrible lasting. I don't know lasting scars on people
0: another important part of the scene that we're talking about relates to an overarching theme throughout the series actually which it comes to sort of fragile masculinity that john uh portrays throughout our time getting to know him in the series Um, we see throughout the session, especially with him getting the role of Captain America, that he's constantly trying to uphold ideals of masculinity and meet that showcase through, uh, the brute force, the idea of being like the tough guy and also trying to be sort of like forceful with his charm, which just doesn't translate at all while he's doing it. Uh, but we see through, especially with this episode, how John has seen that violence as being the answer and power as a a representation of what it means to be a man which I think in this case is the ideal of what it means to be Captain America and how he tries to fit into that role and one important aspect that you're sort of seeing this in is when the Dora Milaje come in rolling up heavy first off and yes. him getting that butt whooping And I think there is a lot of different interesting things that happen here when it comes to analyzing and exploring masculinity. One being this um, sort of entitlement that he sees that he has within his role as Captain America, his role as a white man in that circumstance, in that situation. From there, also trying to dial down the situation by, you know, uh, enforcing his own physicality on someone who he doesn't know, a racialized woman at that. Mm. Getting his bachi whooped. And then having to deal with a deal with having to be on the ground being defeated and saying the, the a quotable, he wasn't even a super soldier. And think thinking about how him sort of being in that space and throwing some of that pity party for himself, and him sort of going deeper into that feeling of inadequacy of being Captain America, of being a man only translates throughout that whole that without the rest of the episode of him taking an extreme turn in his brute force and in his aggression and so i think of one really important part here too is like when it comes to us looking into how john received the role as captain america and that shield being that representation of i've made it but then also him realizing that that isn't enough for you mm-hmm. to be to hold that mantle but how he almost steers away from the ideals that we see as the viewers to what Captain America is, to diving into this sort of toxic portrayal of masculinity by diving into power, by using that serum and being hyper-aggressive and violent, eventually leading to the death of the flag smash that we saw later later in the episode. Uh, The last piece I wanted to give context as well, because I know a lot of people get a little... um, Sensitive when it comes to the idea of like fragile masculinity is being able to dive back a bit deeper and thinking about what fragile masculinity actually means. So, this relates to the idea of precarious masculinity or within the context of society, how masculinity is experienced or like masculinity, masculine identity, and manhood is seen as something that you need to prove. It's seen Mm -hmm. as something that you need to acquire by means of whether it be status, whether it be by uh, the materials that you have or how you're asserting yourself within certain spaces. So in all this, it's easy to think of John Walker as, oh, you know, just like this hyper aggressive masculine person who's trying to attain this, but also realizing that this, while an extreme case, these are also some of the frameworks that people use to really talk about, like masculinity and how folks depict these in everyday society as well and how i don't want to call john a victim but like he's also someone who's a product of the society that we have that emphasizes aggression and violence as being masculine those masculine ideals that become toxic
2: yeah i mean i think you you broke it down beautifully and you're right he he I mean, he is a product of a society that upholds those things as masculine. And I think, uh, like you said, like it is, I think it is the extreme, like a dramatization, it's a TV show, but I think that we all could think of parallels in our lives where we've seen, because of the pressures of this toxic masculinity, what that turns into, what that honestly warps people into. And it's sad it it is sad i don't necessarily feel bad for john but the the societal issue of toxic masculinity i i feel bad for boys and men frankly because i think i i think that's like a parts of you are stolen because you you feel so much pressure because of toxic masculinity and all of these things
0: Yeah, I think one other piece I'll bring up as well is in looking into the comparison of like Captain America being like the ideal, of what it means to be a man, let's say. And then also John's skewed perception of what that means. I think it's also a good representation of the misconceptions that, how do I say this? The misconceptions that people have about what it means to be a man versus what we've seen as a viewer of Steve depicting the role of like Captain America, him being gentle, him being caring, him being understanding are all things that people, that John has ruled out and hasn't seen Mm. but sees this symbol of masculinity that he wants to try to enforce and portray. And I think it's important for us to sort of take that into consideration and use it into our next sort of like conversation piece, which is what does it mean? How does one prove themselves to be... Like a manner of value and this comes up in a conversation with lamar and john near the end of the episode where uh when john is thinking about taking the serum and he talks about and then lamar is talking about um how the serum makes you more of who you are mm. and when john is trying to figure out or depict what about me Lamar doesn't talk about his character. Lamar doesn't talk about, like, oh, you're, you're like, a good, caring person. He talks about his accolades. Mm. Who received, like, three medals of honor. So, of course, you're just going to become better of that. And thinking that these are the representations that he's trying to strive for in becoming a man as well. And I think that also he mentions that, and also he mentioned his decision-making in battle. His authority that he portrays. So, I think there are a lot of interesting components there that Marvel throws out there for us to consider in the, the symbol of what it means to be a man or what it means to be Captain America and the parallels between the two.
1: You know what's actually interesting? So the things that we like about Steve as Cap are the things that before he took the serum, he was kind of mocked for, like for being mm. soft, for being gentle and stuff like that. So when he got the serum, He just, he's still, he was still the same boy. He's just more, he's stronger. Right. But a lot of times people looking up to Cap just see him as like the strength and they want to strive for that. And they don't see the softness and the, the gentleness of him that like is the core of his personality. They don't see that as a strength.
2: Yeah. No. So now we're gonna switch gears a little bit to focus on the opening scene, which is which portrays Bucky overcoming his winter soldier programming. I think I honestly think I I really do think they did a really good job showing the way he's experiencing this trauma. I think like I, I think even for people who have experienced like severe trauma like that like that's how it comes back in like searing flashes and I think even in in episodes before we saw that yes okay you know the the programming has been removed from him but those the memories, those things that he did those things are never going to leave him and 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 they, they do a good job of of showing how much even just those memories like they they I mean I, I think it breaks him a little each time that it comes it comes you know back and I think we see he has to overcome that every single day he has to deal with his trauma every day and, and try to continue and I that the, the that opening scene was it was really emotional I I, I think they did a good job and I it, it's heartbreaking it's heartbreaking to, to see that just because he's no longer you know the big bad winter soldier it it doesn't mean that it kind of lives, it still lives with him every day, and it, that's heartbreaking. Um, and then I think, so later in the episode as well, we see John kind of use Bucky's trauma to manipulate him. Um, and, I mean, we we do see, like, eventually, I think, uh, Bucky kind of gives, because John says, oh, you don't want Sam's blood on your hands, and... Obviously, this means something for Bucky because he has killed a lot of people because of the Winter Soldier programming. And I, I I, think these are, like, even in that, Bucky is trying to overcome and try to understand, like, where his place is, who he is, and, like, act upon that. And I think I'd, for John to use that is is completely disgusting, I think.
0: Mm. I think the one thing I really appreciate, the thing is, and we, us as a group had this conversation about, like, John Walker, and I... <laughs> the man's trash, but I really like the character because he acts as like a great, and, and even in this case, in talking about trauma, even connecting with masculinity, he acts as like a great parallel or a great comparison with Bucky, where they're both thinking about or both dealing with their own trauma when it comes to violence and it comes to war. You see them take different approaches and how they deal with that trauma. You have Bucky, as mentioned earlier, where he's sat down to deal with those words that trigger. Such trauma for him, and you see him cry, you see him tear up things that you don't associate with masculinity. And you compare that with John Walker, who, in the episode, same conversation with Lamar, he says, um, Three badges of excellence to make sure I never forget the worst day of my life. So, using these accolades and accomplishments to Mm -hmm. bury down the trauma that he faced in what he's seen in Afghanistan and how. Each of those approaches have led to where each of these characters are right now, from Bucky still dealing with it, still taking the steps forward. And I also love that about the show as well, where Bucky is taking the steps to reconcile and to to heal while John has buried it down. And you're seeing how those extremes manifest uh, throughout while they both have taken the serum at that. So I think all of those acts are really interesting comparisons. It's about the importance of dealing with your trauma, dealing with your pain, and how that relates or connects to masculinity with these two characters.
2: You know, you're right. I think it was important for them to show how these two different characters deal with this. Because, you know, I I think we can obviously, Bucky's going through a really hard time. But I think he is on a path, maybe not to overcoming, but to like, like at least be okay with himself, whereas John is clearly not on that path. I don't think he even considers uh, unpacking the things that he's been a part of that has happened to him, and, and we see that that manifests in, 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 in uh, like, unspeakable ways. Yeah.
1: Alright, so speaking about punk-ass John Walker You can tell I don't like him. <laughs> um, so, John Walker is a punk-ass bitch and he is monopolizing off of blackness. But mm-hmm. he is an accurate representation of America and also how they monopolize off of blackness. So, it starts where Sam gave up the shield and then He also has Lamar... What's his last name? Hoskins. Hoskins. Lamar Hoskins. And that's his little, like, sidekick, basically. His token Black guy. And we don't know too much about his wife, but he is married to a Black woman. So, in regards to Lamar, Lamar is basically his in for everything. Mm -hmm. Because... John is like the... He's Cap. He's like the, the main guy. He's the white guy. He's getting like all the the fame and all the glory for the work that Lamar put into to everything. And Lamar saves his butt so many times throughout... How many episodes? Throughout these four episodes. So basically, do y'all remember the scene where, where it's like, what's with all the knives? Well, that's basically... I feel like... So, obviously, when a person's in a knife fight, they're doing it for the sake of just to hurt the other person so they can get away or whatever. But John's going into this saying, like, what's with all the knives? Because he's used to to war and he's used to actually guns where you are shooting to kill or you're doing whatever to the point of, like, if they're not dead, they're almost dead. Mm -hmm. And that is very much a representation of... America as a whole, because you know them and their guns.
0: In relation to the knives piece, I think Alika has a great point. I think in relation to the idea of America's well, I think that scene and also when the Dora Milaje come in, is was almost a belittling of like culture and styles. Like, you know, when it comes to like certain mm-hmm. soldiers in different areas, maybe you have a certain style of combat and there's almost a belittling there in like, oh, you know, these, these knives, frivolous uh but then also the one thing that really stood out to me was this man having the audacity when the dora Milaje come in and throw their wakandan spears made out of vibranium and, oh put away these pointy sticks it's like the belittling of like a culture at that when it comes to dora Milaje and what they represent and how the significance of those spears the power embedded in those spears and other people throwing them and to belittle it there trash but then I, I think it was a great, mm-hmm. what is it? Great transition as well with how that fight plays out and him taking the L and then for, like, one of my favorite pieces was when the Dora Milaje just Captain America style stomped on that shield and brought it up. <laughs> and I thought that, that whole scene there yes. represented so much. So one thing was like the symbolism in that, for John to be able to see someone else that doesn't look like him, both in color and in gender, hold that shield, someone who's a more competent fighter than him, acts like a re- representation of other faces, other genders, holding that shield and being able to portray something better, Having potentially even being a better representation of the soldier that you're trying to sort of force yourself to be. And. Yo, that I think that whole scene itself with the Dormilagic holding that they could have taken that shield and went, yeah. you know, they could have done I wish that. I Yeah, exactly. And I think that's also the piece there. You know what happened? They gave it back. And I think there's a there's a certain piece there in how like people of color, Black folks, building America to what it is, and also for someone who's of color who's faced the struggle to be able to hold that symbol and be a better representation in this entitled the title dumbass known as John Walker so and oh the other piece I thought was really cool with that was like the idea of like who is worthy to hold the shield and John seeing this and I thought that scene was very representative of what that scene where Captain America gets Thor's hammer in Endgame and we all see Mm -hmm. that oh wow Captain is worthy of wielding this and everyone's shocked and then John being able to see someone else holding the shield as well you know hopefully you know foreshadowing to another black individual who's going to be holding that shield later but we'll, we'll see about that how that one goes down
1: i feel like i feel like john's view of the dora Malage was also is also kind of like america's view too in yeah. that america Not all, obviously not all of America, not all Americans, but America as a general consensus, I've found that they're very like, they only know about what's within their walls. They're not very, they're not like very global citizen-ish. Like they don't care or they don't care to know about other cultures or other people. And in this predicament, like in 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 this situation, the Wakandans and like the Dora Milaje have played a big part of the Avengers and and all of the superheroes. So if you're taking on the role of Captain America and the Wakandans and the Dora Milaje in particular have had such a role in, in him and all the other superheroes, you would think that you would know a little bit more like... You shouldn't be saying like oh put your pointy sticks like talking about pointy sticks because like you would know that these women y- yield such power like they protect the black panther
2: not like really that like if you're captain america wouldn't you have the sense that you should respect like authorities a- from other countries as well
1: but that's the thing like it seems like like john walker What's that his name yet? John Walker? It seems like he doesn't know who the Dora Malaje are. Mm. To him it's just like who are these bald-headed women with pointy sticks? Like if he's never he's never encountered them, never heard of them because it's just like his mind is closed off.
0: Yeah I guess in addition to that you the amount of authority and respect that Dora Malaji have in Wakanda, right? And looking into that sort of the lack of respect that John Walker gives them. Being able, like if you were seeing someone of high status, you wouldn't roll up to them, hand over, Oh, you know, I think we got off on the wrong foot, mm. trying to put your hands on them. I think mm-hmm. that in general is like the belittles of how America belittles like black women, you know, and how they belittle like the power and authority like that black women have when it comes to the status of America at that able to push it to the side like oh you know what it's nothing and just john walker just chatting the whole situation up like a dumbass so that whole piece mm. (laughs) oh man it was like that that part was happening in slow motion i was like oh man he's about to do it he's about to do it but (sighs) and the one other piece i wanted to bring up in relation to this is you know what I think we need to call out Bucky. I'm going to call out Bucky real quick. From when he decided to let Zemo out, at first I was like, yo, you overstepped. That was a horrible decision. But then for Adore Belagie to say, yo, you know what this man did? He killed King T'Chaka. And you have the audacity. After we took you into our home and healed you to release this man for ends to a means. Like, I think that whole piece there was something that I think... Bucky has some interesting growing to do. It was it was first with the thing with Sam and like, oh, yo, just give him the, the, the give him your license, give him your ID. There was that paired with this, where I was like, okay, Bucky, like you're great and all, but there's also I'm liking that you're sort of low key being called out for some of the BS that you're doing right now. Cause that whole Zemo thing, I still don't agree with it. <laughs> so I think it's important that that moment happened for the Dumbledore to call him out and also Bucky to really just step back and understand the magnitude of the decision that he made and letting demo go. It
1: killed me it killed me when they they deactivated his arm. He didn't even know they could do that. His face,
2: his face. Oh my god. (laughs) Um but but yeah, two things. That that the situation when, you know, uh, the cops surround Sam and Bucky says, Oh just give him your ID or whatever. I think that kind of shows. I mean whatever said and done Bucky is from a different time. And you see that coming through in that situation. Again, I think you should be called out for that. Um, and then, like you know, what I watched the episode with my friend, and she was saying she thinks that Bucky might have planned for the Dora Milaje. Like he knew they would come. So I think I think I don't know. I you know I, maybe he knew eventually they would take Zemo back. So I don't know. A, a possibility could be a possibility in that in, for that
0: hey Bucky with the big brain thinking I I, want to see it I want to see it happen uh you know what there's also I think there's an interesting comparison here this kind of goes back to the whole masculinity thing but both John and Bucky had some important weapons of them taken away and got disarmed and they Mm. both handled it differently Mm. like man's lost his whole arm and was like oh damn that sucks that was hot as hell Uh, no comment on that, but then you see John just like all up in his feelings as well. Yeah. So I think it's also a really cool comparison to do there too, between how they handled
1: it. John so is like, like a dog with his tail stuck between his legs.
2: <laughs> yeah, like I, I think Bucky probably was in his feelings too, but not in like a. He wasn't butthurt about it. I think he was just in shock whereas John was like very like butthurt like I mean, you can't believe a woman
1: he totally got emasculated
2: yeah exactly he
1: felt Which... like he totally got emasculated my thing is you're married to a black woman how are you like
2: how do you have these feelings I think there are a lot of white men that are married to black women and women of color and think that Honestly, I think that they think that that gives them a pass to treat all Black women and women of color terribly
1: and to look down upon. I think he, it's he like... Should, is this how he treats his wife? Like, what would his... What... John, what would your wife say?
2: I think it's like a mix of the patriarchy and a mix of racism. You know, we're talking about intersectionality here, but like, I think... I think he thinks... I I, I, I think he, he, they're like him completely disregarding the authority of the dora Milaje. like i would assume the way he treats his wife it's probably like a lower level of that like like tears like i i don't think i i'm sure he undermines her all the time
1: because I, I hope just think- to see something i hope we get to see more of his wife I I honestly doubt I don't think
2: they will I think she was meant to be like in his story I think we see a lot of black people supporting him but that's all that they are I don't think and I think that that's because that's the role that they play in his life and I mean it's disgusting and we know that but yeah so we are going to talk about hope which I think Honestly, I think, I think it was a major theme of the episode. I think they have kind of been dancing around the topic of who represents Hope in the entire season, but I think in this episode, it really kind of, um, it, it was at the forefront of the episode and I think it was threaded nicely throughout the episode. Now who represents hope in this episode or in the series or in the mcu right now i i think we have to talk about carly Morgenthau. i so so her whole thing is um she says a, a really nice quote we are all af- we are after all all simply one people one world so live accordingly so she's fighting for people who were displaced after the five-year blip so during the five-year blip you know borders weren't kind of weren't really a thing so everybody um you know was coming from all around the world to help each other and kind of live as one people trying to trying to get through you know this traumatic event and then after the blip um they once every the, you know the, the half of the population came back the old structures of power were still in place. So, I mean, I would assume that it's very much like our world in which um, wealthy white people are in positions of privilege and power. And so because of that, people who were coming, you know, were crossing borders and helping out, they are displaced again. And I'm going to be honest, I, I think that Carly, like I understand her cause. I understand what she's doing and and I understand what she's fighting for, for all those people who are displaced and disregarded. And I mean, honestly and truly, I think the, the institutions and structures and powers that be in our current world, I think they need to be broken down. Uh, we know that they were built and they are for white people and I don't see any other way besides them being deconstructed completely and building for a world that includes and supports all of us. So now this being said, so also in the episode, you know, so like within the Flag Smashers, Carly is like this representation of hope for them, right? Like she's the one fighting for them, for their cause, for their safety. So that's what she is for them. And she makes, I think she makes a comment to Sam about the shield. and. I, I think this is really important to talk about because her whole thing, like, you know, she tells Sam, like, she's not looking to, like, uh, to kill Sam or Bucky or any of that. Her problem is with the shield because it does not represent her and all these displaced people. And I think this is true in a number of ways. First, I think it's important that we talk about Steve and and him as Captain America and the shield. Um, I mean, you know, like, I love, like, our Captain America, so Steve Rogers, I think what he did with The Shield was amazing, and the person who he was, that, in his actions transcended borders. He truly cared for people and for doing what's right. This being said, I think he is very representative of, like, the well-meaning white person where they think everything will be okay. But I think that's and 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 no shade no shade to Steve Rogers again I think he was an amazing um, an amazing hero in uh, person, but I think he is able to be naive about that hope and be like we're all going to be okay because the world whatever said and done in the time he grew up in and even till now the world was made for people like him for white people the the structures in which we live in everything is is to support and bring them up so for him to say oh everything's going to be great and I stand for hope and everything in america i think that's reflective of just a well-meaning naive white person they like their naivete i think allows them to be hopeful about these situations Mm -hmm. and then obviously now i think throughout the series we're obviously focusing like i think carly's directing her her um like frustrations against John who now holds the shield, which I do think is a very different thing than Steve holding the shield. Because I, I I do think Steve meant, like he meant well and he he stood for hope. And while I do think it's naive, I understand where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. John, on the other hand, I mean, within the last four to five decades, we've been having real conversations about race and, and uh, race-based trauma and john lives in that world so for him to pretend that he is somehow this representation of hope or he deserves the shield like i think he's making a choice to ignore all these people who are displaced all the trauma they're facing um he's making the choice to ignore that whatever said and done all his success has come on the backs of black people and so i think like him holding the shield, it's definitely different from Steve, and I and I and I see Carly's anger towards that because he's making a choice, as I think many white people in this world currently do, when they willfully ignore the situations and realities of BIPOC people.
0: In Civil War, I think you get a good idea of this, where. The conflict between Steve and Tony. Tony and talking about some of the consequences of holding so much power within the Avengers, and Steve almost has a naive optim- optimism with him that you can see, and I, it's deeper than that on both ends. But I think when it came to his approach, it's like, you know what, if we just stick together, everything will be okay. And I was like, no, we people died because of us. We need to dive in a bit deeper. So I think that's one example. And I think it's important as well um for us to sort of highlight there while he represents some aspect or depiction of the shield how it's on one end on like the golden era uh yeah quotes quotes because you know problems at that era as well right well how well it translates to modern society and mm-hmm. who represents that hope
2: so i mean we're talking about hope and i think we have to talk about sam as a representation of hope um a realistic one, a represent, uh, yeah. Um, and I think transitioning kind of from Carly's fight, and I, Sam says it beautifully,
1: I agree with your fight, I just can't get with the way you're fighting it. Right. So, as Divi mentioned before to us off camera, she thinks that Sam's superpower is, can- is counselling. So, in the social service field, we call what Sam the approach that that Sam takes as trauma informed care. So what trauma informed care is is when you assume that everybody has trauma and you treat them as as such. So you treat like you're tender with them, you 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 basically assume that the reasons behind things that they do is because they have experienced trauma to make them act out in that way. So Sam identifies and like he connects with Carly on a, a personal level. And it was going well until what's his face came in. When he when he goes to speak to Carly, he's trying to like he's trying to, to bring everybody together so that they can can solve the problem and not be at odds with each other. And he understands where she's coming from and the reasonings behind why she's doing what she's doing. Sam brings his experience of obviously living as a a black man in America and he brings that to the experience in a way that Steve never could and obviously John can't and I feel like Carly's racially ambiguous so I feel like she is kind of getting that oppression too because people don't know how to identify her and especially in America everything is about what box do you fall into So Sam was vulnerable with Carly and their interaction was going well without it seeming like an interrogation, but John messed everything up by coming in. Guns a-blazing. But yeah, it's a conversation that had its give and take and he gave her parts of his story as well as taking from hers. So it was an equal exchange. And And it felt like It felt like two friends just being vulnerable with each other and not like that he was just trying to get something out of her.
2: Yeah, I think too, like Sam's coming from a place that's like grounded in love. He's not trying to interrogate her. He's not trying to criminalize her. He's not trying to demonize her. He's going there to try to work it out, like you said. Um, and I think that's important because I think, I mean, if we're looking at him as a representation of hope, shouldn't it be grounded in love as opposed to bravado and brutality? I think, I, I think honestly, I think that scene was so powerful because of what Sam was doing with his, like, superpower counseling. <laughs> but, yeah.
1: Also, to bring it back to what I had said earlier about Steve and, like, his softness and what makes him a good cap well sam has that same thing like sam cares like sam is trying to do the best for his sister and and get her what she needs to to recuperate from after the blip and and all of that with the, the boat but you don't really see that with john at I th- all yeah
2: i think i think too like like
1: you said like sam does
2: have like that you know, he, he, he's caring and, and, and loving like Steve, I think the major difference is that he's grounded in a more realistic experience of racialized people. Like, he's not as naive as Steve because of his experience as a Black man in America.
1: So, that, I like I that's, The time difference, too. Like, mm-hmm. times are different when when before the... Before the... Uh, ice
2: right yeah yeah and i mean back then again like you know we understand steve's naivete but i think i think that that's why sam kind of is a real representation of both
1: and then how he reacted to not nobody telling him about isaiah in episode two Mm -hmm. yeah like that shows very much a part of his personality shows what type of man he is
2: and see again like because he understands the implication of a black super soldier Mm -hmm. the secrecy and the experiments and all that he understands what that means whereas obviously that that meant a very different thing to Bucky and we don't I mean again because of Steve's naivete I I feel like it it, it wouldn't he wouldn't understand it the same way and the implications of it but I think I think Sam is is grounded in a reality that is more relatable and people that that will that will actually help people
0: think there are a lot of parallels of him like seeing the consequences of the blip as a racialized person as well and i think the idea of how post blip how his sister has is having issues like when it comes to like the resources and stuff and some of the barriers that are faced with her that we saw within episode two as well comes as the system providing those barriers a parallel with carly and what she's experiencing but on a global scale um there's like a really like it hits home for sam as well being able to see the consequences uh, where he is at as well so i think i think and the fact that carly and his sister were able to have that conversation over the phone as well i think it was one that as a connection i don't think anyone saw coming but <laughs> even in reflecting of this it's very clear why they would make that sort of connection outside of a um you know uh, Carly hitting Sam where it hurts but there's a lot of parallel between these two characters that exist yes, like. yeah,
2: yeah okay so I hope everyone enjoyed our discussion on episode four of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier there was a lot to unpack there um, Let us know your thoughts on the themes that we hit maybe themes that that, that were uh, important to you that we didn't. Um, let us know your thoughts in the comments and thanks for watching, everyone.
0: Interested in continuing the conversation? Feel free to add us on at the Melanin Marvels on Instagram.